Hard to believe it's already week nine in the NFL season. Welcome, everyone, to the Fancy Cruncher NFL DFS podcast. Um, it's a two-man crew tonight with myself and uh, and Jeff, better known as Oreo. Um, we're going to be coming at you for the next 30 or 40 minutes or so, uh, getting a little bit of a late later start than we originally thought on our YouTube channel. So thanks for bearing with us, and apologies for, for being a little bit later than expected. But, uh, hey, let's just jump right into it. It was a really interesting week in Week 8. A lot of guys... Um, Failed to uh, failed to come through just one week after a pretty pretty chalk uh, chalk hitting week. Um, Jeff, what were you right about? What were you wrong about last week in, in week eight, and what uh, what did you learn from it? Man, that, that was a tough week for the chalk. It was one of these weeks where you think the chalk is so good, the the scoring is going to be really high, but it just didn't turn out that way. So one thing that I was really wrong about. Um, I, actually, I was right about not playing Mike Evans. I was I made the smart pivot to T.Y. Hilton, and actually that yielded me zero points. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's something I was right about and wrong about in the same same sentence. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of was on on the other side of things. I I thought that the the Mike Evans situation was one to absolutely go crazy for, and I actually played him in Winston, who I like the value of in in quite a few lineups. And needless to say, didn't really didn't really turn out to be very successful, but um, I also did hedge that a little bit with some GPP lineups with Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. So needless to say, that one turned out pretty well considering that uh, that I love that game for exposure in, in general. And it wasn't really just about Evans and Winston. Um, important to remember to, to think about the the total package there and, and think about if there is guys that, there are guys that you want exposure to on the other side of the ball too, it's good to to make sure that you, you pivot there as well. Um, that was an interesting game, by the way. Like um, in my fantasy country settings for the week, I had I set a group setting where I was I allowed either Cooper or Crabtree. When the correct answer was both. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually did. I did the same thing, and I did a fifty-fifty exposure on on our group setting. I had uh, thankfully didn't play both of them in, in the same lineup. I just chose to go one, um, which actually turned out to be optimal. And I actually wrote about that. In our uh, in our weekly insights column on, on FC Insights, which is which turned out to be quite interesting, but they both turned out okay. But Cooper Cooper wasn't so bad himself, so I'm I'm yeah. I'm pleased about how that one ended. Better about that. Yeah, it, it that was a weird game. Yeah, it was a weird game. It looked like neither team wanted to win um, until until the end. Yet Derek Carr, you know, finished with with a with a massive massive week himself. Mm -hmm. Overtime helps. It does. It does. Um, so the other thing that, that came to mind for me, and I don't know, I'd love to get your take on this is, um, and I actually talked about this on the Fantasy Pros podcast last week. Uh, Bobby Sylvester and the folks over there had me on, which I, which I always appreciate. It's, it's a good time. But um, Theo Riddick was on my radar. And, um, and he was because um, he was a guy coming off a couple weeks being out, um, still at a very good price. The matchup was very solid in my opinion. And I had a feeling his ownership was going to be quite low. Turns out all those things turn out to be true, and 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 honestly, I think the key the key takeaway there is, it's important not to forget about guys coming off of injuries or suspension, a bye, which we're we're right in the thick of things now, or even someone that burned you the week before, because you just never know week to week what's going to happen. And so we were just talking about Mike Evans before, and he's actually a guy that I continue to 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 see sitting in my lineups this week as we head in, and, and I know it's it's a Thursday night lock, but we're we're just about an hour and a half away, and I'm I'm planning to play a little bit of cash in GPP. So if you've if you've snagged any of my head-to-heads, then you probably know you're going to see one of those guys um, in my lineup there, but uh, but so be it when you're in the industry. Um, 
you know, Riddick, Riddick turned out well. I think that uh, tonight is a good example of, of sticking with the guy that you believed in the week before. I mean, he's still a target monster, and there's really no one else here that's going to do damage. So um, a key little uh, key little nugget there that I, I like to lean on. Any thoughts on your end? You know, I tend to avoid injured players coming off injury, but, uh, like, so I didn't play him at all, and that was a mistake. I was particularly high on Dante Moncrief, though, which looked great. Um he, he got a touchdown that was called back towards the end of the game. If he had that, he would have been, you know, an amazing value play. But, yeah, so I don't have any strong opinions on whether or not you should be looking towards injury plays. I, it, it is um, dependent on what the specific injury is, I think. So yeah. It came back from an ankle. Um, that's what about concussion? Because we've, we've got a really interesting concussion situation this week with Spencer Ware. Um, Concussions don't hold players back. If, they, if they're playing, they're playing. I, I just ignore that. Interesting. I, I, that actually terrifies me. Um, I mean, especially when you look at the, uh, the situation with, with Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West and just how much of more of a value West is this week, um, especially with Thursday night contests. Are you, uh, are you locking either of them in considering how great that matchup is? I, if Spencer Ware is playing, I'm not playing either one of them. And if Spencer Ware is not playing, then I'll probably have 80% plus of Charkandrick West. Okay, so you're feeling really good about it if, if Ware is, is, is knocked out or, like, excuse the pun, if he's ruled out, I should say. That was a little yeah. too soon. Against Jacksonville, the pricing is good. It's, not a, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great match at a great price. It's, it's, just, it's just like Booker last week. Uh, yeah. I had 100% exposure to Booker, and it, it wasn't looking good when he left the game in the first quarter, but after he came back, it turned out fine. So if, if something's – if it meets the criteria of being a good matchup, um, a player that, that's good enough, and also the pricing is right, I'm not afraid to roll with 100% of that player. That's bold, and I like it, though. And, and frankly, he, I feel like he was one of, if not the only, you know, quote-unquote chalky guy that actually returned value last week. It feels like, anyways. I mean, when I was looking at some of the optimal lineups that, that were spot out by uh, spot out by the lineup rewind tool on, on FC, he was really like the only guy that actually seemed to to pay it off. Yeah, it it was not a week for chalk. The previous week's chalk, Mike Jealousy, I, I know he was he was talked about, hyped up two weeks ago, but kind of forgotten about. Even though Sean McCoy was announced out, he had a pretty good week last week. Yeah, at, yeah, at sub five percent ownership. And still 3,800 on DraftKings. He had 18 points. So, yeah. I actually played in a couple of GPPs with him on FanDuel, and he had sub 1% ownership in the, in the larger field contest. I might have been like the only dude that had him. Uh, so it, it, was, uh, it was interesting. And, and I was quite pleased when he, when he finished with, I think, just about 15 and a half points, but um, didn't turn out to be enough with some of the other duds that we had out there, too. It just wasn't the best week for running backs. None, in, none of the studs did very well. Uh, Matt Forte was the the only you know um, reputable player, the big big name that actually you know scored above twenty points. Um, him and Melvin Gordon were the were the two two big hits of the week for the the stud running backs, but the rest of them failed. So one thing that I was really wrong about David Johnson being matched yeah. up. I mean, for that that salary we expected more. It wasn't the the worst game in the world. He did have seven receptions on nine targets. But yeah, the dude still he still had a hundred yards. Like it's crazy. You can't you can't totally stop him. I mean, if you even you stop him on the ground, get him through the air, like they you can't really completely hold him down. In PPR, he is he's a great play. Outside of PPR, he is 
I'll, I'll look more look at him at a on a week to week basis, depending on matchup. So while we're on the running back topic, why don't we start there with our kind of favorite plays by each position? Because I think the running back situation is quite interesting this week. The man we just spoke about, David Johnson, is on his bye. Um, Le'Veon Bell's coming back from his bye. Um, and the top-priced um, FanDuel running back, and I think he's actually the same um, territory on, on DraftKings, is actually Ezekiel Elliott. What are your thoughts on, on Zeke this week? Are you playing him? Oh, I, I love I love him every week. Um, I played a lot a lot of him last week. Um, yeah, this week against Cleveland, we saw what Matt Forte did. Cleveland just keeps giving up points to running back. They're ranked 26th right now against running back, so they're right there at the bottom of the pack. And Ezekiel Elliott has a clear number one running back on his team. He is probably one of the best plays of the week. I'd rather pay for him than pay up for a elite wide receiver. Yep, and I think it's, uh, you know, I actually drafted a few lineups um, for with him, and honestly, very easy to find find room for for him and even another one or two high-priced plays, so I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Um, aside from... Matt Prescott would stop running in touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. No rushing touchdowns on the year that could have gone to Zeke. I know. He's actually an intriguing play this week, but I know we'll get to him when we get to the quarterback section. Um, who else do you like... At, uh, at the RB spot? Le'Veon Bell, especially if Ben Roethlisberger's back. Um, and as a GPP play, I'm definitely looking at Derrick Henry if DeMarco Murray is limited against San Diego. Yeah, I, I was actually just talking to, uh, to a colleague who was looking for a bi-week filler. And uh, for some reason in his league, Derrick Henry's available. And I said, get him because uh, you want to just hold on to him just in case there's a chance that DeMarco misses time. I, I don't think he is going to miss the game, but he's still a guy that you want to own there. And, and frankly, I think he's a great, a great GBP play. Um, you just mentioned um, Ezekiel Elliott. I have a feeling that this game could get ugly really fast and that, uh, that Dallas could run away with it. Would you give any consideration to playing Alfred Morris as a, uh, as a very low-owned play that could vulture a touchdown or two and maybe see 10 to 12 touches? You know, in a tournament pivot, it, it is. They I know don't, it's a little weird. It's a it's very out there. It's very out there. It just just kind of. Yeah, Elliot is. I mean, there's been so many goal line touchdowns for Dallas that they don't just they don't always go to Elliot. They, they they like to spread them around. So I can I can see the play, especially with, you know, um, I would say limited running back options this week that that I'm really high on in a tournament play. If you're going to be playing. You know, ten different running running backs spread across twenty plus lineups. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to say, but you know, sometimes you do got to get weird in tournaments to have a chance at cashing. Um, I love Devonte Freeman this week and in, in Thursday night. He's actually one of the uh, one of the reasons I'm playing the Thursday night slate. Uh, um, I think he's uh, he's in for a great volume and a tremendous matchup against um, against the uh, against the Bucks. They they should have no problem running all over them. Um, and frankly, his price is very good. Ty Montgomery kind of intrigues me a little bit. I've, I've read that he's looking good this week. He's kind of getting over that kidney ailment and, uh, um, think he could get 15 to 20 touches against in my, what in, is in my opinion, the weakest run defense being, um, Indianapolis. And, um, that game in case you missed it has the highest total on the board. So a lot to like there for my, in my opinion. Um, and a guy that I know we both want to talk about. Um, give full props to you for for making sure that he was in your lineups about uh, about I think it was two weeks ago in his last game when he 
we ran all over the Bills is Mr. Jay Ajayi. Um, what are you doing with him this week, and what do you think we're going to be able to see out of him? You know, I, I, we, we've had two massive games in a row with massive usage on, by, from him. And coming off the bye week, he's going to be rested. He's going to be ready to go. And hopefully Miami's going to have a plan to deal with, you know, a secondary that hasn't been doing that well, uh, the, the Jets. So I like it just because he's coming off the bye, if anything. Um, I, know, I know it's not the easiest matchup, but considering the price and the amount of production that we've seen from him, and him being the clear number one running back on his team, um, it's, it's a great play. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I'm curious to see what ownership is going to be because, you know, he, he's one of my, my favorite plays at the position this week. And I know, to your point, the matchup isn't perfect, but um, the price is still excellent. Like, you know, the industry hasn't totally adjusted to the last two, two games. So I feel like he's, his value is, is, is excellent and, and needs to be exploited in at least a, a tournament context. As a guy that is getting 20, 25, close to even the 30 touches and, mm-hmm. and is running, uh, running like a menace these days and, and clearly has a goal line responsibility, I mean, you're looking at massive upside. So I, I, I totally like that. And there are fewer and fewer of these number one running backs that are clear-cut workhorses left in the NFL. It seems like so many of these teams are running committees now that you just, you just don't have the opportunity. And I think that's why we both like Ezekiel Elliott so much too. Right? I think if you're looking at, at high-floor running backs, those two have to probably be your number one and number two, um, just purely based on, on volume and, uh, and current health. Um, Char Kendrick West, I know we talked about him a little bit. I, I'm going to be surprised, frankly, if Spencer Ware plays. I don't think he's practiced yet this week. Um, 5600 bucks on FanDuel. I, I haven't uh, been able to check his price on DraftKings yet today, which I'll do quickly now. But um, what's your uh, – um, what do you think that we can expect to see out of him? Even like, let's just kind of look at this scenario. If um, if Spencer Ware is active, how many touches do you think that uh, that each of them get? Uh, I would expect something closer to like a a split with a slight favorite to Ware, which is not enough for me to really want to play either one of them. Um, I'm really hoping Ware's out, so I could it makes the decision easier. Ezekiel, yeah, fair, fair enough. Um. <laughs> I have four or five running backs that I really like this week, and Wes would be on top of the list if Ware is out. Well, hopefully they do keep him out, and, and we'll get a lot more Charkandrick West because it, uh, it looks like Nick Foles is going to be uh, the QB there, so uh, not, not a ton of talent to like um, at that spot. Let's pivot back to quarterbacks because this is uh, one my opinion. One have to talk about, and it's uh, right. Melvin yeah. Gordon. Melvin uh, Gordon is one that people don't like to talk about. People don't really like to play, but – when you don't play him, he seems to go off. And he was, he was one of the top running backs last week, and this week he faces Tennessee. So since I'm probably going to have a lot, of, a lot of him in my lineups, I just want to make sure he's gets, he gets dropped in case, you know, I a million dollars or something. Say, say no more, and I hope you do, my friend. I hope you do. Uh, back to QBs. Um, we mentioned Dak Prescott a little bit. I think he's intriguing. I just talked about Nick Foles, not really a guy I'm interested in playing personally because I think they're going to run like crazy. Who you got? Because I, uh, I I think that there's some some pretty good good guys to pay up for this week, and I'm curious what your strategy is going to be. Uh, I like Andrew Luck this week. I liked him last week. And even if, T- if T.Y. Hilton is not playing or T.Y. Hilton is out, I like him even more just because it's easier to handcuff him with um, Dante Moncrief, who is mm-hmm. an amazing value this week and should – has a lot of upside, especially at that price point when there are not too many of these value wide receivers left to play. 
Um, I also do like Drew Brees. How could you not like Drew Brees against San Francisco? He, he's consistently one of the, the top QBs every week. And right now it's the easiest matchup that he's had in quite some time coming off of Seattle, KC, and Carolina. So, um, yeah, two of my favorite plays, Drew Brees, Andrew Lux. Happens to be two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, I'm curious to see, and I, I should have pulled his splits a little bit earlier because I know he's he's great at home, but I'm curious as to kind of what that all looks like on the road for him. Um, what has he done this year on the road? He, his price point is still somewhat reasonable. Um, he did have almost 30 DK points against KC on the road recently, but he struggled against San Diego and against the Giants and against the Falcons compared to, to, to his numbers at home. So... I'm treading a little bit lightly there. I don't want to play Breeze, personally. I, I actually do really like Michael Thomas, but we'll get to him once again. I don't know why the, the price points on him haven't increased yet, but um, that's a story for, for a little bit later in the day. Um, matchup, though. The matchup is so good. It is, but, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. They can keep the offense going. More points for Drew Breeze. Yeah, I mean... I get the point. I just feel like it's going to come a little bit more on the ground. So, I mean, I'm in. I'm interested to see about what we do with Tim Hightower because Mark Ingram is uh, is is in trouble um, once again after uh, after losing a ton of touches to to who would have thunk it, Tim Hightower. But uh, but on on the QB side of things, you mentioned Andrew Luck. Um, what about Aaron Rodgers? He's he's the guy that I actually think is. I think he's probably the chalk this week. Um, happy to pay up for him um, with with uh, with three or four games in a row. That have been absolutely fantastic. He he leads the league in, in so many um, great and important categories in that time. Um, what are your thoughts? And uh, and do you uh, do you expect yourself to ultimately have exposure? I think you have to. He well, we have him projected as the clear number one QB this week. His pricing is very fair. He's against a, a defense that's giving up a lot of points, ranked twenty eighth on the season, and um, they don't have a running back, so they have nothing else. They have, no, they have no choice. They have to go through Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah, there's not much to say there. We know he's, he's a gifted quarterback, one of the best in the leagues. Matchup is good. Pricing's correct. I really like the fact they don't have a running back. So, um, yeah. I well, would, on, on FanDuel they do because Ty Montgomery is a running back on that site. But um, I, feel like, uh, I feel like he, Devontae Adams, um, Rodgers, and, and even Jordy Nelson again, to a certain degree, and I'd only play them in GPPs. Are all all have to be in play, um, and I love them. Uh, I love them as a high end stack. Do we have any news on Cobb? Randall Cobb. I think he was actually practicing. Um, I, I, you're right. I forgot to mention him in that uh, in that conversation. But uh, but if he is going to suit up, then that really hurts Adams' outlook, in my opinion. But at the same time, it also hurts Jordy Nelson's because he looks like he has lost a bit of a step. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball at you and ask you about if Blake Bortles is worth playing this week. Um, I actually love the KC defense, and I'm, I'm playing them across the board, but do we maybe see the same situation we saw in Week 8 where Bortles earns like 80% of his production in garbage time, legitimately the most meaningless time in football last week? It was so frustrating to watch. Like He just piled up, I think it was almost like 20 fantasy points in about seven minutes of, of action because the, the the defense just literally stopped playing football. Um, do, do you think that can happen this week? And, and if so, are we crazy to say, hey, you should probably think about playing against uh, play, play him in this situation? No, I, I, I was very high on Blake Bortles coming into the season. 
But that last game, he just looked so bad. I, I watched it. He was horrendous. He was, he was really bad. And all those points came in the, in the second half during garbage time. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's going to be garbage time against KC. I would think this game's going to be a little bit closer just because KC does not have the most prolific offense, and they are going to be running with um, their backup quarterback. So the chance for garbage time is less likely, in my opinion. But we have seen that he can put up a lot of points in a hurry, especially when he, when he throws the ball well. So, yeah, I could see it in a tournament, and I, it might be the time to start to jump back on the, the Blake Bortles train. I think I need another week of it, though. Before, <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. I, I do think that that there's a chance that he does find a way to 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 hit a pretty high <laughs> a high output if if the uh, if the if the Chiefs do get up quite early, like uh, like I believe it was Tennessee did last week. But um, I don't think I have the kahunas uh, the cojones to do it. Rather, um, just reading up on Cobb, he was limited at practice today, so. Um, I'd say it does look like he is probably going to to at least have a pretty decent chance to to show up and, and play, um, which makes the situation a little bit murkier in, in Green Bay. And I actually have no problem actually playing Aaron Rodgers naked for that reason, especially in cash games. But uh, um, we thought that he was going to play last week, and uh, we all know how that one ended. So um, that, that wide receiver situation is a tough one to navigate at this point in time, in my opinion. Um, Speaking of tough to navigate and Randall Cobb in that position, um, who do you like at wide receiver this week? Some really interesting options. Curious to see how you're going to attack the slate. So outside of the top plays, I already mentioned I'm really high on Dante Moncrief. He had, um, he had his fair share of targets last week coming back from that shoulder injury. And Andrew Luck was looking for him. He, he caught that, that second touchdown late in the game. It was called back because of a flag. But other than that, I mean, if the, the flag wasn't there, he would have had, you know, close to 30 points on DraftKings and he'd be on everybody's radar. But yep. because of that flag, nah, he only, he only ended the night with 14 points and one touchdown. So still not a bad game, but, but yeah. I'm hoping he's not going to be the highest owned. Uh, he's not going to be um, mega high owned. But nine targets, T.Y. Hilton's a little bit hurt, banged up. I could expect more targets against Green Bay, so... Moncrief, sub-6,000 wide receiver on DraftKings is my, my favorite play of the week um, at wide receiver. I can see that. Just trying to look at his price on FanDuel. He's only 6,100 on, on FanDuel as well. So that's, uh, that's a pretty darn good value if I do say so myself. Um, any others that, that you like beyond, uh, beyond the aforementioned? All, as we mentioned, all of the, the Green Bay wide receivers, they're all in play especially the, the, the one that's the half running back, Ty Montgomery. Yep, yep. Not especially if he's going to get 11 targets like he did when he was active. He, he's, uh, he's a safe, he has a safe floor for cash games and, a, and high enough upside for GPP. Fair enough. Um, looking at the slate, I mean, Antonio Brown's price is really, really quite attractive to me this week on, on FanDuel, and I, I don't think that it's going to be terribly difficult to, uh, to find room for him. I'm also incredibly intrigued by Allen Robinson's price, just strictly based on what his volume should be, especially after uh, uh, we just talked about how there's a decent chance that there's going to be some good garbage time value there. Um, strictly a GPP play, but, but I, I'm, I'm intrigued by him. 
Um, I'm going to let the news play out on uh, on the wide receiver situation in Green Bay this week. I, I do like Devontae Adams a lot, especially if Cobb can't go. But if Cobb does come back, then that makes that situation a little bit more of something that I'm going to be a little bit more weary about. And, and like I mentioned, I'm, I'm okay playing him a little bit naked. I love Michael Thomas. Um, his price is, is way too low, especially as a you know as as a great pairing with Drew Brees, or frankly on his own as well. And and frankly, Des Bryant looks back and healthy, and so I think that he is perfectly viable as an option this week. Um, again, his price is 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 quite decent, and um, we do both think that Dallas should be able to roll in that game over Cleveland. So I think that he could do some pretty decent damage to the air with the chemistry that him and and Dak seem to. Um, be showcasing in the early time together. I watched that that last um, primetime game with Des Bryant. He didn't look particularly sharp, in my opinion. He was maybe the targets weren't the best, but he, yeah, he was he wasn't catching all of the easy balls that were sent his way. He had 14 targets. It really seemed like they were force feeding him. Mm-hmm. But this week against Cleveland, yeah, at that price point, if they're going to continue to force balls down his throat, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. You've said it, not me. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do like to play as well. I, I could, um, I'm gonna be pretty high on Dez. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think he's a good GPP play. Um, tight ends a little bit interesting this week. I think that it's probably the week to pay down personally. Um, who do you personally like? I, I do like some of the more expensive plays. Greg Olson coming coming off of a his work, worst week of the season. Um, I would expect a little bit lower ownership with him against the Rams. This was so last week he had three targets, one reception, eleven yards. But in his, in the previous six games, he had a minimum of seven targets and six catches, uh, with with some double digit target games. And his lowest yardage total among them those six games was sixty yards. So last week's game was an anomaly. I would expect him to bounce back this week, and with hopefully lower ownership than. He would have had otherwise if he had a good game last week. And I'm also looking at Travis Kelsey as the the number two tight end this week. Hmm. Macklin is a little bit bump is, is a little bit hurt. Um, he's not practicing right now, so if Macklin can't play, even without Alex Smith, I like Travis Kelsey. He caught a touchdown from um, Nick Foles last week. Could happen again against Jacksonville. Except I, I would actually expect it against Jacksonville um, with their secondary being so bad. Um, yeah, those are my. Two of the two of my favorite plays of the week, spending up this week rather than spending down. But I, I, there is a good argument for spending down. There, there are a lot of cheap plays. Which do you have any that, that, that particularly stick yeah. out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think Kyle Rudolph has to be one of the more chalky options. I mean, especially on Fanduel, he's only five grand, and uh, and he continues to see a decent role in that offense. Um, I talked about Dennis Pitta on the starting five. I think that he is 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 a great play, and and he's kind of the guy that I'm building my lineups around when I'm looking at, at kind of cash games in, in, uh, in particular on FanDuel. Um, and when I say building them around, I just mean kind of at that position, he's the guy I start with. Um, he's not a guy that you want to think about as a building block. Um, he might still get you only, you know, seven to 10 points, but that's perfectly serviceable for the price. Um, a Thursday night dart throw for me is Austin Hooper. Um, I talked about how I like uh, Devonta Freeman a lot this uh, uh, in, in tonight's game. And if you are going to play the Thursday night slate, I think you got to give some love to this guy. He's caught every single target that's been thrown his way so far this year. Um, and it's over, it's over 10. So it's not like we're talking about one or two and I'm just trying to get away with a, a cheap stat. 
Um, he's a very, very athletic tight end. I've read a lot about him, and I've actually seen a little bit of, of him play live. And, and honestly, he's, he's quite talented, and, and he could be a sneaky play with Jacob Tammy out um, for Atlanta. And, and then the one other guy that I think deserves a little bit of intrigue um, is Jimmy Graham. Um, I, uh, I was on him last week. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. The narrative just didn't play out. And, and he, well, there were a few balls that were really poorly thrown to him in the red zone that could have gone for, for a couple touchdowns, but, but that, uh, that doesn't matter because it didn't show up on the score sheet. Um, but if you are going to pay up beyond the guys that you mentioned, because I think you can make a good argument for those guys any, any given day, um, uh, those are the ones that, uh, that intrigue me. And, and if I'm paying up, it's going to be Jimmy. Um, and so let's let's kind of call it there and, and look at um, some high price plays that you are not really feeling good about and might want to might want to be fading. Um, do you have uh, one or two guys that you want to call it in that spot in particular? No, actually, I, um, I don't see any, you know, really high ownership for any of these plays at the high end. Besides um, Ezekiel Elliott, he's probably going to be the number one high end play of the week. Um, Le'Veon but Bell, you have, you have no, but you have no problem playing him. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, so I'm yeah. that one's fine. But Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, they are all going to have you know a fair amount of ownership, but I don't expect them to be underowned or overowned. So I'm okay with any of them. Um, you, you can you can't count out Antonio Brown if Ben Roethlisberger's back. So um, he's he Antonio Brown's kind of due for a number one wide receiver week. So yeah, I don't have any any play any problem with any of the top plays. This week, there you go. Except maybe um, Odell. I might fade Odell against. Yeah, well, <laughs> we've had some good dialogue on, on Odell. He's actually the one guy that I wrote here. Um, I feel like this is a game that's going to be very low scoring, coming off the bye. Not really sure what to expect. Eli Manning does not look like himself, facing a, a fairly tough uh, tough defense. So, not really sure it's worth paying up for him. Um, I agree with you there. I'm interested to get your perspective on Amari Cooper. Um, I know we talk about guys coming off of big weeks and how it's sometimes good to fade just because of the, the kind of the chase factor. Um, going up against Denver, the price is still reasonable. Um, you can have any exposure, or are you completely avoiding him? It's against Denver, so um, he's, his price is not discounted this week. I'm probably just going to avoid it. Number one defense. I don't expect um, Oakland to do very well. But if he does go off and you have him to play him, you could expect low, lower than expected ownership or just low ownership in general. So it, it, could, it could pay off in a tournament. I'm just not, not going to go there. I, I, I've been missing every single week on this Cooper Crabtree thing. and I'm, So if I don't play him, he's probably going to get 35 points, but I'm going to stick with it and not play him. Fair enough. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, let's talk quickly about some stacks so we can start to wrap this up. I'm I'm particularly high, and I know I've mentioned on on the uh, the Atlanta Tampa Bay game tonight, particularly for Atlanta. I think that could be huge, and and Julio could be a sneaky play, but uh, I'm I'm not really sure it's worth paying up from the Thursday night slate. Other than that, the Indy Green Bay game on the main slate has to be the chalkiest stack. Um, we've talked about New Orleans. I like them quite a bit as well, but some of their individual parts. I think you could play Breeze even naked. Or a guy like um, a guy like uh, Michael Thomas, who I know I've mentioned as well, and then San Diego and Tennessee, I think, could be a sneaky a sneaky chance at being the top scoring game of the week. Um, are there any games that you want heavy exposure to, at least in GPPs, and you're going to use our FC tools to 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 make sure you do so? Yeah, that kills me that it seems like the the good stacks of the week are the obvious ones: Andrew Luck stacks, Roger stacks, 
Breeze decks, Ryan's decks, and Big Ben. Um, I don't expect to have very much exposure beyond you know some six of these quarterbacks, which which kind of troubles me because if you're if you're limiting yourself to the most popular six quarterbacks, and they, one of them does not end up as the number one QB, you can really be hurting yourself, um, especially in tournaments. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to limit myself to the to my favorite six quarterbacks: Rogers, Breeze, Ryan, Luck, and I. I've been paying down for quarterback throughout the season, but this is a week that I think I'm just going to go towards those, those higher tier ones, especially with the pricing not being the same as it was last year. It seems mm -hmm. like the, the pricing for elite quarterbacks is not, it's not that much more than the value quarterbacks. So you could pay an extra thousand to upgrade Blake Bortles to Andrew Luck. It's only nine. There's only a 900 difference on DraftKings, which is to me that, that that's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to be looking any lower than, Andrew Luck this week uh, on DraftKings. Fair enough. Um, okay, any crazy or bold predictions you want to uh, you want to finish off uh, this week's podcast with? Hmm. Let's go with Jay Ajayi being number one running back with uh, thirty five points in PPR. Ooh, that is a that is a hefty hefty finish. I, uh, I I can respect it, especially after what he's done the last couple games. So um, it could certainly happen. I'm gonna kind of go back and and put my money where my mouth is when I talk about the tight ends that I that I think are going to be highly productive this week. And I'm gonna say that um, that Dennis Pitta finish, finishes as a top three scoring tight end on both sites. Um, DraftKings in particular, I think there's a better chance at it just strictly based on his volume. But um, I think he's going to be a top three scorer, regardless of price. Not talking about value, just flat out points. I think he's got a great shot at getting uh, seventy to eighty-five yards and in, in one or two touchdowns in this uh, in this game. I just have a really good feeling about about that trend and and, and his role in that offense. So that is uh, that's how I'm feeling. And uh, and frankly, I am playing Mason Crosby at kicker. Um, he's my guy. I know that we don't really talk about kickers too much, but um, talked about how much I love that game for exposure, and I want the home kicker. So going for it. Um, all right. Well, thanks guys for tuning in. Thanks. Uh, thanks again, Jeff, for, for joining. Um, sorry about the, uh, but the early, uh, the early on delay, we really appreciate you listening in. We know we had a lot of, a lot of viewers as we, we were watching the count in the bottom corner here on YouTube live. Um, thanks again. Best of luck in week nine. And as always, make sure you read our content on, on, uh, on fancycruncher.com. Use our optimizer tools, use the lineup rewind tool. Lots of great stuff going on right now and, uh, and have a great week.